0: To Dear Us, a podcast inspired by the conversations we aren't having, a space to speak about everything from well-being and existence to feminism, society, and culture. Hi, I'm so happy to be here today with my sister Hannah. Um, to speak about diabetes, mental health, and social media. Hi, Hannah. Hi. It feels really weird to be speaking to her in English because we normally speak to each other in Spanish. And we're told our voices sound, like, almost identical, so you might not know who's speaking. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, we're really happy to be here speaking about this because I think... These are conversations we're not having enough, um, and people aren't informed enough about diabetes in particular, um, and we don't speak enough about mental health either. So um, just to begin, I think uh, maybe I'll ask you, Hannah, to tell us a little more about yourself.
1: Yes, so I just turned 20, um, like you, obviously, I was born in Dubai um, and brought up in Dubai by a Colombian mother and Pakistani father. Um, right now, I'm studying at the New School in New York. So, I'm doing illustration and culture and media studies. Um, so, yeah, obviously, those are my two interests mainly kind of art and literature and stuff. Um, but also, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes two weeks before turning 11. So another big part of my interests
0: are kind of, um,
1: nutrition and fitness and
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think of course your diabetes is a big part of you. I mean, you can't really separate it from yourself. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I think I've actually never asked you is about, um, the moment you were diagnosed and how you felt at that moment, what was going through your mind and really how that happened, because I mean, I was at home and I know when our mom called and told me, I know my reaction and I, I know what was happening, but I don't know what was happening for you at that moment, especially so young, um, and I think everyone else, like in our family, I mean we didn't really understand what was happening, and everyone was so anxious and panicking, and there was so much stress involved but um yeah, so if you could tell us more about how that moment was for you or maybe even just the just the moments leading up to that,
1: yeah, so obviously i was I was ten, so I don't remember every single detail, but the parts that I do remember was just. I guess on the day of the diagnosis, I was just feeling really tired. I had been feeling very tired for, like, around a week, um, and I had no appetite, and then I just remember not having lunch, then having, like, a bite of an apple and throwing up, and then our mom telling you to take me to the shower quickly and then she was gonna rush me to the hospital and then we got there and as soon as my mom told um kind of the doctors what uh, the symptoms were um I had lost like eight kilos in a week mm-hmm. uh they immediately checked my blood sugar and it was 542 I think which I mean the normal range is around 80 to 120 so mm-hmm. it was obviously um a lot higher and then I was told I had type 1 diabetes. I just remember crying immediately but not knowing what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I had only like remotely heard about it. I knew that our grandmother had type 2 diabetes, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know what it was. Um, the funny thing is, like, probably two weeks before that, I remember um, finding out that diabetics would feel a lot thirstier, like, they mm-hmm. would wake up feeling thirsty. And I, rem- I noticed that I was feeling thirsty and I remember thinking, oh, what if I have diabetes and then like just mm, dismissing it because yeah. it just didn't seem like a possibility. Yeah. So yeah, I just remember being very confused. But at the same time, just at the beginning I was in the hospital so I didn't really have to do anything. So I still, I guess it still hadn't hit me. Yeah,
0: yeah. And And then when it, did hit you, or when you did start to process what was happening, I mean, you had to change your whole life, your whole diet, and everything, your whole lifestyle, um, instantly. Um, And how was that for you? I mean, what do you think, Were what changes did you immediately have to make?
1: Yeah, so I think, so obviously in the the first few days in the hospital, I was just like on a drip, so I wasn't eating, so I didn't really realize um, that I would have to change so much about my diet Um, and I mean not all diabetics do that Um, I thought that they did at the beginning but I just remember our mom telling me like okay we'll all kind of change the way we're living Mm. basically and um, try to be healthier just I guess the whole family changed it just to make it an easier transition yeah Um, and yeah so the beginning it was just kind of like no sugar no like fried foods trying to make everything more natural I guess Um, and then I remember when we went to the doctors in the US their approach was very different and they were kind of like you can eat whatever you want and just inject more insulin Um, but we didn't go in, in that way and yeah it was just I think in the very beginning, maybe the harder part was kind of the injections, like mm-hmm. injecting myself multiple times a day, checking my blood sugar. But the food, it, it didn't seem as difficult mm-hmm. until, because this was the summer, until I think I went back to school and I started realizing that what I was eating was so different to what everyone else mm-hmm. in school was eating. Like We're all like around 10 or 11 years yeah. old, so obviously... It was a, a lot of junk food, mm-hmm. um, and I was eating completely different foods.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, and our mom had to come into school to yeah. even bring food for you, and our school wasn't inclusive at all. Yeah, not at um, all. We went to the International School of Shoripat in yeah. Dubai, and I mean, I don't have many good things to say about it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I remember,
1: when, especially when I found out that type 1 diabetics aren't actually allowed like they aren't accepted in the school yeah. and I just like they couldn't kick me out because of it. Yeah. It was even weirder to realize that, that yeah like, there was so much of a difference between me and everyone else. Yeah.
0: Especially because there was a doctor in school, there were nurses in school who you mm-hmm. would think would be trained to deal with, you know, children who have diabetes. but yeah. Uh, yeah, it was not an inclusive environment. Um And I guess even your relationship with food has changed over the years. And um, recently you became vegan. Yeah,
1: Yeah. so I think throughout, since my diagnosis, I've went through many different kind of ways of eating. So it just started with maybe cutting out sugar and replacing it with kind of other artificial sweeteners. Um, And then just limiting like fried foods. And then obviously a big part of it is having to calculate Carbs mm-hmm. um, In order to inject the insulin But I think Now Something that I realize is um, Kind of the emphasis on Counting carbs has become I think in the like Diabetes community yeah. They've turned that into Limiting carbs yeah. Instead of just calculating it To know how much to inject um, So I went from that Just like cutting out sugar Into slowly cutting out carbs and then obviously as i kind of i became a teenager and everything i started becoming really Mm self-conscious you hear a lot about how you know don't eat carbs they're bad for you whatever and so with the diabetes as well it really became like i guess food kind of became more of just like numbers Mm -hmm. um and so i started cutting that out completely and so there was like a phase of no carbs uh, I, fruit was limited since I was diagnosed because you're told that fruit increases your blood sugar but not really explained like what the root cause of it mm-hmm. is so you're just kind of treating the symptoms, yeah, um, not really the cause of it. And then in January, like end of January, I came across a Mastering Diabetes Summit okay. which is about um, treating diabetes through a, with a plant-based diet that's actually high in carbs and lower in fat. And Mm -hmm. for ethical reasons, I had, I was interested in it. And when I found out how good it was for managing diabetes, both type one and type two, um, I obviously like, I enrolled in it and I found out just how much misinformation there is in, um, in the medical industry in general, but especially when it comes to diabetes. And, um, yeah, so I think, my I've gone through a lot of different kind of dietary phases, yeah. but I feel like this one is the one that is really gonna stick because it doesn't feel limiting.
0: Yeah, and it's it's at least from what I've seen, improved your relationship with food yeah. in many ways. Right? Definitely,
1: I think especially right before I kind of transitioned into this um, plant-based diet, I was severely restricting what I was eating, and it became like kind of. I would never eat out just because, not because I wanted to eat healthily, but because I felt like I had to restrict to like a certain number of calories and every day it was kind of this, like it turned into a goal of just eating less and less. Mm -hmm. And then when I found out that actually food, like if you eat the right foods, it's actually nourishing you and it's not something that should be limited and you can eat as much as you want as long as it's the right foods that I think... And seeing how it affected my diabetes as well, because I would notice on days when I would eat less, my blood sugars were more out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, just those two things together really helped kind of improve my relationship with food for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think um, definitely, um, I mean, when we when when you have to think about um, what you eat and um, you know every day. Um, It and and, you know it's very easy to develop a difficult or or like a negative relationship with food and I think even for people without diabetes I mean for me I can speak for myself as well that I went through a time where I had a very bad relationship with food and a very bad relationship with myself and my body and um, if on top of that someone has diabetes it makes it even more difficult because you have other challenges to deal with not just you know being a woman in this world where there's so many different expectations of you and how you're supposed to look. And we impose these on ourselves as well um, and internalize these ideas. But if on top of it, you can't really distance yourself from thinking about food and what you're consuming every day, I mean, it can become much more difficult. Um, And um, I guess it it makes me think about how important self-love and I wonder if, um, I guess, your relationship with food has definitely improved now, but do you think there are any things that you could um, speak about that have helped you developing a better relationship with your body? Or, or you know, maybe it's something you're obviously still dealing with, or I'm still dealing with, that we deal with every day. Um, As women especially is there anything you could speak about that you think has helped you
1: yeah I think well I don't think I had
0: um, really
1: thought that much about it I mean I knew like obviously I had a very bad relationship with my body but it has slowly I think improved in the past year Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and a lot of that had to do with kind of Um, I think coming more to terms as well with having diabetes, I feel like in a way for the past nine years, I was kind of in denial about it Mm -hmm. and then just accepting the emotions that came with it. And then, and I think even with food, just improving that relationship and paying more attention to kind of the internal kind of like more physiological cues that my body was giving me. Yeah. And seeing it more in in that way, like there's, there is more to my body than just the outer yeah. kind of shell and what it looks yeah. like and realizing how much, like how complex it is. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of that had to do as well with diabetes in the sense that you can actually feel like the effect of what you're eating or what you're doing in the moment, mm-hmm. um, and I think you just have to listen so much more to your body and be so much more aware of the internal side of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think for me when I I mean, I started practicing yoga seriously about four years ago in Edinburgh and I um before that I I had a very negative relationship with my body and I remember I would go to the gym and it was it was like going to the gym, because I wanted to look a certain way, um, and I hated running, at this, I hate running, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> like, but I'd, you know, run for 30 minutes, and then I'd, you know, exercise for another, um, you know, just strength training for another, like, 40 minutes or so, and um, um, there was a time when it was two hours at the gym as well, before that, mm-hmm. when I was in high school, and, um and i was never satisfied i look back at even pictures of me in school when i felt like i was um i felt like i was not thin enough Mm -hmm. and now i look back and i'm thinking what what was i thinking i was completely fine but it didn't matter how i looked it was how i felt inside Mm -hmm. and i kept trying to exercise to look a certain way i was never satisfied i always had to exercise more and Um, And then when I started yoga seriously, I feel like I spent, you know, my time on the mat breathing and moving my body, um, made me switch my focus slowly, um, and start, and I started focusing more on what I could do with my body, how my body felt and the physical abilities I had rather than do I have abs or not, or are Mm -hmm. my legs toned enough and, um, I guess like that's very important for us to to think about. It's not easy to switch our mindset. Yeah. Um, but I feel like for me, yoga was definitely a big thing, mm-hmm. um, and of course that affects you know our mental health as well. Um, and I guess with diabetes, mental health is a big um, a big thing to think about because yeah. but it's not spoken about enough. of Yeah. Course. Not at all, yeah. yeah i think even
1: just going back to the exercise thing like being so insecure i would tell myself i was exercising for my diabetes but i knew deep down it had nothing to do with that it was more like wanting to look a certain way and in the past year i think slowly letting go of that and realizing like the the effect on my health was so much more important Mm -hmm. and it makes such an immediate effect as well to your diabetes that i think now even my relationship with exercise has improved a little more Mm -hmm. because it feels like i want to do this for my health not to look this way yeah and yeah with mental health as well i mean obviously it goes hand in hand but like when you're diagnosed at least when i was diagnosed no one spoke about that aspect at all it was all Mm -hmm. very like physical kind of scientific thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it was almost like distancing in a way from yourself because you were thinking more about numbers and i mean obviously things that had to be thought about like medications and all that but not so much about taking care of your mental health
0: yeah not like a holistic idea of well-being yeah. and health is more um okay, if you keep these numbers up or if you, you know, inject this much insulin or whatever, this will allow you to be healthier exercise this amount a day. Yeah. Um, But yeah, they don't speak about mental health enough in, you know, when you're diagnosed in the...
1: Like, I didn't know until recently, and until I think I started paying more attention to my own mental health, how common anxiety, depression, eating disorders, many other mental health issues actually are in diabetics, specifically Mm -hmm. with type 1 diabetes, Mm -hmm. Um, because obviously it takes a big toll on your emotional health, Um, and even the fact that there are certain eating disorders that are specific to diabetes, Mm -hmm. like diabulimia, for Mm -hmm. instance, like, because... So, insulin is a growth hormone, so it can cause weight gain. Okay. And, obviously, if you're already suffering through, you know, with um, self, self-love self and mm-hmm. um, body image issues, knowing that the medication that you need to inject into yourself in order to be alive is going to kind of make weight loss harder mm-hmm. can be difficult, so there are... Um, eating disorders like diabulimia where people actually don't inject their insulin Mm -hmm. in order to lose weight yeah and obviously that's so dangerous but no one addresses that no one tries to kind of because if you have a chronic illness there is kind of this already there's like a flaw in your body Mm. and i think there needs to be more emphasis on working towards um creating, like, more love for yourself since the diagnosis, like, no matter how old you are.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah, I think that that is very important because uh, there's also such a taboo associated with mental health or therapy, for example. And there's this, like, um, nervousness or, like, um, almost fear speaking about it Mm -hmm. fear speaking about feeling sad that you feel sad because there is this ridiculous movement of positive thinking let's think positive let's be positive and everything will be okay and all that matters is your mindset Mm -hmm. and it's completely ridiculous because it's not real and doesn't work it completely isolates you from the rest of the world and what's happening around you because it doesn't work that way Mm -hmm. um So I think there is this, there is this taboo and there is this fear of saying, "Um, I'm sad. Yeah. You know?
1: I think that definitely, I think when, when I was diagnosed, obviously I was 10. So even at that stage, you're more like, I think, not more afraid, but you're more, I guess I, I thought that I had to be happy and I had to be positive Mm -hmm. and that, that was the only way like, to get through it because i also heard from so many people that oh just look at the positive side like at least there's a medication for it at least you don't have cancer at least you know there's like there's people who are going through things that are worse than you and so that's kind of the way i tried to take it and i i guess i I suppressed everything that i was feeling and i think that probably many people do that Mm -hmm. um and then obviously years later got to the point where i just like you can't suppress it for so long and at that point when you let yourself I think grieve and feel the emotions that's when you I think actually can be happier in a way even if you don't feel happy in the moment Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think because you're feeling all of the emotions together you can appreciate the more positive sides of it as well not that the not that feeling sad or anxious is negative but yeah
0: yeah yeah i think that's that's true and people you know don't haven't learned how to feel empathy enough Mm -hmm. i think and so they focus on this like comparison or like sympathy you can say yeah um telling you um you know let's not complain because people always will have it worse but the point is that you know we have to think about our own mental health and what we're going through and yeah. not deny what we're feeling um, it's important to take note of what we're feeling and um, write about it if we have to Yeah. Um, and I guess you've been doing some of that you've been writing
1: yeah I think uh, definitely writing has has helped
0: yeah, definitely write like writing
1: poetry and yeah. things like that have have helped just even understand what it is because I think dismissing whatever you're feeling doesn't solve what the cause of it of those feelings are. It just kind of sets them aside and they'll just come back. Um, but yeah, writing and just I guess reflecting more on a feeling.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, and I like I guess you're, you're even sharing more on Instagram now yeah which i i like reading but (laughs) i'm your sister so i can be biased (laughs) but um do you think that's helped you do you think like a platform like instagram has been beneficial to you
1: yeah i think so especially because when i started to i guess when i for example went vegan i started looking up more kind of um food accounts on Instagram and stuff like that and I noticed that I didn't see as many diabetics mm. and um, so I, I guess sharing more about that side of me as well, um, kind of the food and diabetes and mental health and trying to work towards self-love all of that on Instagram and finding other people who are going through similar things Mm -hmm. um, definitely helps kind of experience those emotions.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of the time people kind of criticize when people share on Instagram, Mm -hmm. you also see this, uh, like people being ridiculed for it. But there's also this community that you form
1: through Instagram
0: and, um, and also people reading, things you write I think a lot of the time we don't realize how um, I mean I for example I started yoga thanks to Instagram I mean I started taking it (laughs) that seriously I guess because of my own practice but Mm -hmm. I mean it pushed me things on Instagram pushed me to to start so um, I think that's important to realize that it can be a place for people to form communities and learn from each other and Learn from other people's experiences yeah. and, um, and learn that it's okay to speak about this and it's okay to speak about our mental health yeah. in public. Um, but uh, I think it can also be sometimes a negative space, I mean, or at least a space where we see people sharing insensitive things at times. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Would, yeah, because yeah, I think with. Me now that I'm sharing I think it's become a lot also about just raising more awareness Um, because diabetes is something that's kind of I mean there's lots of misconceptions around diabetes and especially type 1 diabetes because it is uh, like it is so rare there's only around like 10% of diabetics have type 1 diabetes Mm. Um, so when most people who have no relationship with anyone with diabetes here the word it's obviously usually immediately linked to type Mm 2 but then even within that there's so many misconceptions about what it is and so you see like the posts of um people eating like candy or those like milkshakes and things like that and and the captions are like oh diabetes 101 or i'm gonna get diabetes after this or
0: yeah, I mean, like I that. saw one that said, like, let's get diabetes, yeah, and I was thinking, seriously? That's completely ridiculous.
1: Yeah, or, like, um, someone calling some, like, bottle of candy a box of diabetes, something like that, and yeah. it, it's just, like, you wouldn't call a box of cigarettes, like, a box of cancer. Like, yeah. you wouldn't put that on social media, yeah.
0: probably. You wouldn't say, let's get cancer. Yeah. I mean, if you if you know anyone who has gone through cancer, who has gone through cancer treatments. Um, And even if you don't know, we're so informed about it. There's so much information out there that you would look completely insensitive and ignorant if you post something like, let's get cancer. Yeah. You know, so it's the same with diabetes.
1: I feel like with diabetes, a lot of people tend to blame the people with diabetes for having it. It's like, oh, you didn't eat the way you were supposed to so now you have this yeah Um, exactly with type 2 diabetes it is a lifestyle induced disease Mm -hmm. it is caused by eating the wrong foods but it's not the foods that people think it is Mm -hmm. like you're not going to get diabetes from eating sugar yeah although sugar will increase your blood sugar it's not going to give you diabetes yeah um it's more of like the fat that you're eating causes insulin resistance, and then insulin resistance causes type 2 diabetes. Yeah. And with type 1 diabetes, it's not the cause at all, although eventually we do have to, like, I guess not everyone does it, but it's important to, like, watch what you're eating. It's just, it's a genetic disease. It's an autoimmune disease. Uh, you can't prevent it. Mm-hmm. So like hearing people for example and I was diagnosed mm-hmm. in school saying oh did you eat like a lot of sugar before this or kind of saying things like that where if you're like 11 or 12 or whatever age you are hearing that like in a way I also ended up kind of fi- thinking like oh did I do something yeah. to cause
0: this yeah you start and, blaming yourself yeah or you don't feel good enough exactly yeah and um,
1: and even if that was the case kind of Telling someone, oh, you did something to cause this, like, you ate the wrong way is...
0: Yeah, it's not something that should be said anyway. You shouldn't say that to someone with type 2 diabetes either. It's not... (laughs) Rather than, like, trying to help out, they end up just putting you down. It's not something that, you know...
1: And even all the jokes that are online everywhere or even, like, in everyday conversations are just
0: very insensitive yeah that someone had i don't know how many candy bars and uh, yeah there's (laughs) like
1: that joke that's everywhere about the candy bars causing Uh, diabetes yeah
0: it's ridiculous um but but then you'll see people posting like um, their supposed healthy meals of like let's say even like i don't know chicken or like some i mean they'll probably think steak is healthier than their um ice cream or something yeah and then it'll be like healthy meal because there's like three broccolis next to whatever yeah. they're eating and then but then they see like you know yeah
1: I-, I i mean yeah the steak would if you eat like a box of sugar mm-hmm. or a piece of steak the steak is more likely to cause insulin resistance exactly. because of the fat in it and that will cause diabetes so it's something that can happen to so many people because mm-hmm. There's so much misinformation about what is healthy.
0: Yeah. And. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just that we're getting, you know, people. Most people are eating the things that we're told are healthy for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not you don't blame people for for listening yeah, exactly. to. Uh, a lot of the um, medical doctors who yeah. don't really know what they're saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I think that's. Um, something that's important to talk about because I get so annoyed when I see people posting pictures and then hashtag diabetes or like we, you know, going out with someone and then before they eat something or before they order a dessert, say like, Oh, I'm going to get diabetes now. And,
1: um, or even as a diabetic people telling me, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like I'm eating this in front of you or sorry, you can't have this. And okay. So not all diabetics will, avoid having sugary things or unhealthy foods and that's fine i choose not to for my personal Mm -hmm. reasons but it's annoying when people will say i mean i know they don't mean anything wrong by it but it is annoying when you say like oh i'm sorry i'm eating this in front of you yeah it's like pity or or when i was in school people would always say oh i'm so like i feel so bad for you or i don't know how you can inject yourself i wouldn't be able to do that and it's like i like or people saying like oh my god i would die if i had to inject myself multiple times a day and it's just like i would die if i don't do it so like pity doesn't help
0: it's just yeah it's just not something you say yeah um so i think yeah i think people need to learn more about this more about diabetes and just also just learn more about being sensitive and how you can rather than you know Speaking before thinking. Think. Do your research mm-hmm. before you speak, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think especially where we grew up here in Dubai. Uh, <laughs> there isn't much information. Yeah. Uh, there isn't m- many conversations happening mm-hmm. about um, things we should or shouldn't say.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, related to health, but also related to many other social issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so we... Um, there's almost like a year but i guess like i mean maybe when we were in school you almost think that you're going to be ridiculed yeah because you speak up for the right of someone or for for the right thing that Mm -hmm. you you know um so i think it's important to have these conversations and i think not because i'm your sister but just (laughs) in general i think that what you're doing and speaking about it openly and sharing things on social media is so important Mm -hmm. because i think people do need to learn yeah
1: I think for a long time I also I tried to kind of separate myself from the diabetes Mm because I felt like people would think I wanted pity but I think speaking about it is definitely important to avoid all the ignorant comments that there are
0: yeah definitely um and I guess I mean having a background in gender studies Mm -hmm. um I'm always interested in finding out i mean are there let's say in in this in the medical industry when it comes to diabetes when it comes to diagnosis and management of diabetes do you think there is a lack of a gendered perspective mm-hmm. you know taken on um, just how it should be managed but also um, yeah i guess mainly how 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 to manage it but i mean i guess also the The effects of diabetes on you know you as a woman
1: yeah I think mainly it would I mean it's something that's addressed but not I don't think in enough depth Mm -hmm. um like just even changes in hormones how that can affect blood sugar levels like you depending on your hormones you might need to increase your insulin usually you will need to increase your insulin f- temporarily mm-hmm. or even how um not managing your diabetes properly can affect your hormones how it can affect like fertility how it can affect all of yeah. that it's not spoken about and a lot of what i've found out has been through just research online mm-hmm. you know, just reading different blogs and stuff mm-hmm. and not Actually, from doctors, mm-hmm. and I think that's yeah. It's definitely needs to be more explained in more depth. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think it's important that we did speak about this, um, and uh, I guess in the same way that um, you know any other identity, your identity as as a half Colombian, half Pakistani, who grew up in Dubai. Um, as a you know woman, um, in the same way having diabetes as part of your identity, it's not something you can just separate. Yeah. Um, it obviously informs your perspective on the world, and mm. um, and I guess as a feminist, um, would do you think that also is something that informs your perspective on um, on your diabetes or how you manage it or how you feel about yourself and the world around you. I guess what I'm, what I'm saying is we don't want to go, get into this, you know, positive thinking, idea of, like, positive thinking, and let's isolate ourselves from the world yeah. and just think positive. And, um, and uh, for me, at least, like, being, considering myself a feminist, I think I don't, I cannot even, you know, practicing yoga, a lot of the time it becomes this, you um, idea of isolation like let's resign from the world and Mm -hmm. you know practice on our mats and meditate and everything but forget about politics and forget about what's happening in the world and I can't do that So and I think it's important to practice self-love to take care of our mental health Mm -hmm. um, to practice yoga you know as a union um, so that I can function better in the world so that I can be make more of a change in the world yeah um And um, maybe I've deviated a little, but I wonder if like you see any links between your or how you would see your identities kind of interconnected. You know, you can't really separate them from each other, I guess, and it informs the way you function in the world.
1: I think specifically maybe when um, I guess in terms of the body image. Um, I don't know which of the two, like I don't know if the diabetes influenced the feminism or the other way around, mm-hmm. but um, I think just the idea of of seeing your body is more than just what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And as I said before, kind of the being more in tune with your mind and your physiological mm-hmm. body. and um, I think, yeah, just paying more attention to that and your, emotional health as well i feel like that's something that's also spoken a lot about in feminism Mm um definitely and and taking care of yourself because i feel even with diabetes it's so important to take care of yourself in all aspects Mm -hmm. um and how that can help you just go through life yeah
0: yeah and I guess a lot of the time people see self-care or self-love as like self-indulgence yeah almost like a selfish thing yeah um and I guess as a feminist for me it, it, it it's not it's not self-indulgence you know it's it's important it's important for us to take care of ourselves yeah um and uh Would you have any suggestions of, like, daily things for people to do or um, even, you know, to to kind of take time for themselves throughout throughout the day? Yeah, I think just kind of, first of all, I'd say just
1: not dismissing feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, with the whole, like, positivity thing, like, addressing all your feelings even if they're not inherently positive, is a positive thing. And then doing things to figure out why you're having these feelings. And I think just with us, I think, Mm. in our family, we're very introspective. So maybe it comes a little more naturally, but I know it doesn't to everyone. So just, yeah, just taking time, I guess, to reflect and do things that you enjoy. Yeah. Um, Like if it's with exercise, not... Forcing yourself to go to the gym if you don't want to go to the gym. or mm-hmm. are not doing things because you feel like you have to all the time. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's very true. Our family is also super emotional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we need to have a podcast with our mom. Yeah. Episode <laughs> an episode with <laughs> <and> our mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh... But, okay, yeah, I think, uh, I hope, I wish we could have more of these conversations with, you know, with more people.
1: Yeah.
0: We don't speak about this enough. Um, And if you need to cry, cry. (laughs) If you need to, you know, scream, scream. Yeah. (laughs) Make sure there's not many people around you. But, like, um, yeah, just we need to remind ourselves to take time out. Um, for ourselves during the day, um, yeah, like you said, to do what we enjoy, mm-hmm. take time to meditate, you mm-hmm. know meditation can take uh, sh- many different shapes. It doesn't have to be specific yeah. uh, you know the, there isn't a specific way of meditating um, And just to continue to reflect on our on ourselves. Mm-hmm. To spread more love, yeah, um, and just to be more conscious and aware, and not let um, people make us believe that what we need to do is only change our mindset, yeah, um, or only practice yoga, for example, Mm -hmm. and just be. Let's just love. Let's just love, and not think about what's happening in the world. Yeah, Um, and. because that doesn't help. Yeah, doesn't. It's, it's all interconnected. Um, and so, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. This was good. Okay.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. A flicker, regaining vitality, self-love burgeoning within, slow, my hands weaken, losing grip, abrupt, filled with self-loathing. Anxious thoughts seeping through my synapses, trailing like a colony of ants. Itching, chaos-inducing, abundant guilt-conquering, anchored down by fear so heavy I sink. Low, lower and lower still. Losing inertia, lost, I am stuck. Angered by the inexplicability of my state. Comparing, not worthy of the sinking, not worthy of the itching, not worthy of the burgeoning love. Chastising, beginning to uncover to strip away the dust-covered mantle that conceals a part of me from myself, purposely, folding it imperfectly, wrinkled up, in a box, dust-filled, beginning to love the roughness of that part and how it scrapes me when I touch it. Little beads of blood mixed with sulfuric thoughts drip down my skin, no longer circulating through me. I resist the urge to reach for the sandpaper to smooth it out, disguise it. Accepting this part of myself that is destructive and powerful beyond measure, Allowing myself to notice it, the absence, and how it stems from light, then letting myself feel the warmth.
0: Thank you for listening in to the first episode of Dear Us. Can't wait for more meaningful conversations.